thank you uh, for coming for joining us in another episode of Elections Daily. My name is Armin Thomas. I'm covering Colorado, and with me I have former Congressman and current Mesa County Commissioner Scott McInnes. Uh, Congressman McInnes, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, so um, right off the bat, I just want to ask you, uh, the current congresswoman for the 3rd District is Lauren Boebert, who has gotten quite a bit of uh, attention uh, or controversy, depending on which side of the aisle you fall. So I was wondering, uh, what are your thoughts on on Congresswoman Boebert? Well, look, she's young, um, and uh, a lot of us were young and full of energy, and... uh, this district needs somebody that's a fighter. That's just all there is to it. I mean, I can tell you Ben Campbell got more attention probably than any other U.S. senator, and it did. It was immensely, made him uh, immensely beneficial for this district. Now, granted, this is controversial, but if you take a look, for example, take a look when they said she led a group of people over for this um, that, that problem at the, at the Capitol when, they, when those people... Uh, unfortunately did that to the Capitol, um, uh, you know, the press came right out and said, there she is, they have a picture of her, it's her family taken on a tour. Of course, they don't correct that kind of thing. So she's getting a lot of cheap um, political shots taken at her. But look, if you're going to be a leader in the third district, this is, a, this is a diverse district. And frankly, this district has a lot of things that a lot of pe- other people outside the district want. For example, water, things like that. So you got to get used to being attacked. And, uh, um, I think she's going to be fine. Of course she's young. She's been in Congress all of, what, five weeks now? <laughs> yeah. And uh, she was in Congress. One of the people called me up and said, oh, my, she did, she led this and she did that. I said, you know what? I bet you she doesn't even know where the restrooms are in the, in the building. I certainly didn't when I was there for four or five days. And most of this is being driven, and most, I, I tell you, I've been looking at letters to the editor, and then I look up their party affiliations. They're all Democrats. Or they're Republicans that, well, I can't even find, I haven't found a Republican. I'm sure maybe there's one out there. So this is a very focused political attack against her because they were stunned um, that they lost this seat because they thought they had the right candidate, and they spent three or four times the amount of money she spent. Um so, but as, as she, if you take a look and compare her to her previous opponent, 10 years from now, um, she'll be in her mid-40s, early 40s, I guess, early mid-40s, and uh, her opponent would be in her 80s. That's what the, Democrat, the, the Democrats, and now the Democrats have four or five candidates, including a couple, I think. Donovan, for example, doesn't even live in the district. Right, yeah, I, I'm going to be interviewing some of them soon, yeah. Well, yeah, talk to her. She, I mean, that's what they call a carpet maker, and their party calls it. I mean, come on. Um, so I don't have any problem standing up for her. I think she's doing exactly what um, uh, freshmen, I mean, they're all, you know, they're brand new to them. They're kind of getting their sea legs, and that's exactly um, what she's doing, so... But you, you, you've got to be willing because you're kind of, I'll tell you, the way this district is in Colorado, and I remember when I was uh, in Congress, they would always have meetings of the delegation in Denver, which for me was almost a two-day trip, one day going over, doing the meeting, coming back the next day. 
and they would have meetings. I was kind of isolated out here. Right, yeah. And, uh, as you know, this district, when I represent this district, it's a little smaller now, but geographically it was larger than the state of Florida. And uh, um, so you, you have to work twice as hard to get around this district, the mountains and the roads and so on, and you have to work twice as hard to be recognized in this district statewide. Um, right. Because, um, you know, we're only one-seventh of the population, but we have huge water resources, ski areas, forests, et cetera, et cetera. Right, yeah. Yeah, that, that that's great. Yeah, so my second question kind of dovetails with that. So, uh, you know, you have oil and gas up in the Northwest. Uh, you have a burgeoning uh, pipeline industry. You have tourism. You have farming. Uh, you know, the third has a lot of big, diverse interests. So when you're representing them, you know, how do you how do you balance all of those different interests? Well, I actually enjoyed the diversity, and you're right. And first of all, keep in mind the third district is one of the most recognized districts in the United States. The reason is because most of your colleagues in Congress wish they lived here. <laughs> they wish they represented it, and most of them vacation here. And I used to chuckle. I was the only congressman that on a routine basis could have on my expense you know, charges in Beaver Creek, Aspen, Telluride, Crest of Butte. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and, uh, but, so, so um, it's, it, it gets a lot of attention. The district gets a lot of attention. Probably the, the unifying factor over here is the water resources. Um, as you know, we have tremendous water resources and we have tremendous public lands. The public lands, when I had the district, really I had almost all the public lands in the state. They had some the Prairie National Park or whatever. I'm missing my name there. But they had a couple spots in eastern Colorado. But primarily I had all the uh, I had all the parks. I had most, about half of Estes Park. But I had the other parks. I had the forest. All the forests were in my district. The BLM land was all in my district. Yeah, and and so you and that's all of those lands are multiple use. So by design, this part of Colorado has a big, a big part of it designed for multiple use. And uh, otherwise, we wouldn't have our ski areas. We wouldn't have our ranching. We wouldn't have our tourism. Well, that's part of the ski areas, but we wouldn't have our access to the et cetera, et cetera. And uh, so. You know, fundamentally, there are a lot of things that people agree with. Most of the people in this district are, um, you know, they're pro-education, they're pro-military, they're for pro, pro, pro protecting our water. Um, you know, they're most of them are pro-ranching, farming, those kind of things. So most of that is, is pretty uniform around the district. Then you get in that 5% like you you know, an aspect view of what should happen to the rest of the state probably a little different, probably more in coordination with Boulder and things like that. And, and uh, but they have good points too. So, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a challenge, but it was never, it was never to the extent where you had a big battle, a civil war within your district, so to speak. Not to overstate a civil war, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I never had that when I was in this district. I mean, you know, the Aspen folks didn't visit Meeker very often, and the Meeker folks didn't visit Aspen very often, and everybody kind of live and let live. Right, yeah. So, uh, you've mentioned a lot about uh, about 
the Republicans in the, in the Colorado third. So uh, you and you mentioned that you know the Democrats are you know getting their ducks in a row to try and beat Lauren Boebert. So how feasible is a Democrat winning the third? John Salazar was a moderate Democrat. Ben Campbell is a moderate Democrat. There are at least one or two Democrats who are at least trying to appear moderate in this current field. Uh, and so, you know, I was just wondering, how feasible do you think is a Democrat winning the third in this day and age? Well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, and that question is really up in the air because they're going to redistrict. And keep in mind, they redistrict after I left and gave because Mark Udall uh, wanted to run for the uh, Senate. U.S. Senate. Yeah. They redistricted my district so he could claim in his race that he was also a, a representative of Western Colorado, so they carved out Vail and, and uh, part of Eagle County, maybe all I go, I can't remember exactly, so that they could, the representative from Boulder area could also say that they were congressperson for the Western Slope. That's exactly why that was carved out by that judge, I mean, in the redistricting. So who knows? I mean, you know, there's... Ten years ago, Gail Schwartz out of Aspen, Colorado, I believe was the uh, sponsor, um, that uh, bifurcated the western slope. Kind of went down the I-70 corridor, and the northern part of it went to Boulder, and the southern part of it went to Pueblo, which would assure that the next U.S. congressperson, that, that the U.S. for the third, that, that, that the... Uh, um, You'd have two districts over here, but both districts would always be assured that it would be a Democrat representing both districts because the population of Pueblo would dominate the lower half and the population of Boulder would dominate the right. upper half. Yeah. So you never know what they're going to be up to, but it's going to be very partisan. Even with this new commission, as you can see, in my opinion, from the makeup of the commission, it's going to be very partisan. And so I have no, I, I, I have no guess. What the odds are of a Democrat or a Republican winning that district until we see the makeup of it. Once I see the, the final map, I can answer your question, but I can't answer that now. Pure speculation. That, all right, fair enough. Um, so, moving away from the third specifically and just statewide in general, uh, the GOP in Colorado has, you know, to put it lightly, suffered a few setbacks. Uh, and, uh, you know, so from your own experience and, you know, just thinking ahead, what do you think the Colorado GOP can do to, you know, keep themselves competitive? Uh, and, you know, kind of on a similar tack, you know, from your own experience running statewide, you know, what would you have done differently? Well, I mean, uh, you know, there's going to be overreach, you know, for the state to have a holiday where you no meat day is a slap in the face of the agricultural communities in this state. It's a slap in the face to the um, these communities that have energy development and under that fall under oil and gas commission that no one on the oil and gas commission comes from a district that's a producing district as I understand it. That's where I look. It's a slap on the face of the board of agriculture. Puts a um, uh, I forget her name. She's a vegetarian. I don't have a problem with vegetarian, but um, <laughs> vegans. Anyway, so there's they, what happens is in the Republican apps, Republicans do. And it's going to, is they tend to overreach. And right now I think there's a lot of overreach. And so the key for the Republicans, as it would be for the Democrats, would be good good candidates. And I'll tell you, Ben Campbell was a good, he was an excellent candidate. John Salazar was an excellent candidate. And uh, that's why both of them prevailed in the third district. They're good, solid people. And so 
I think the key to any party's success is a good, solid candidate. Solid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Solid meaning, you know, principled people and people that uh, can go to Aspen and speak to the folks in Aspen and understand their issues and then a few hours later be in Meeker speaking to the ranching community. Right. Meeker's as Republican as Aspen is Democrat. <laughs> yeah. Any problem at all speaking to the Rotary in Aspen and then running up and they didn't have a Rotary in Meeker, but speaking to the Cattlemen's uh, Daniel Denner and Meeker. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the the second the second part of my question, uh, I, you know, would when you ran for for governor in two thousand and ten, what would you have done differently? Well, I mean, you always look back and think. Obviously, we got cheap shotted with allegations that we were not aware of, and as you know, or maybe you don't know, but well, I was I was eleven years old at the time, okay, Congressman. So obviously there are lots of different issues in the third district that are important, but you know if you had to name a single most important policy issue, what do you think it would be? Because I know you were a big advocate for public lands and mo and you know national monuments, and uh, Republican Congressman Tipton and Congressman Salazar were big proponents of water rights. So I was wondering, you know, what do you think well, is clearly uh, two things. So it's time: water and multiple use. Yeah, they're like the counterweights. But the one thing is almost every community I had in my district when I represented it was completely surrounded with one exception, the east side of Pueblo. So the east side of Pueblo was not. But every other community out of those 70, every one of them was completely surrounded by public land. So you can't, you, and that means highways, that means cell towers, that means ski areas, that means ranching, that means areas, all of these multiple uses. And so, and, and that's really the kind of the border of where the third district, when I, when I represented it, that's kind of where the public land started and went west. Right. And I had to, you know, the third district, when I had it, was Wyoming and New Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the I-25 corridor, I didn't have, like I picked up, I had part of Evergreen, I had part of Jefferson County, I had some El Paso County, 
I didn't have the big cities over there, but that's basically where it started, kind of a rough border of the I-25. And so the public lands are a critical, critical issue, and we are so dependent on them. I mean, we can't, our water in this district either comes across, is stored upon, or originates on federal land, public land. Uh, and and uh, to give you an idea, in Grand Junction, in Mesa County, we have 74% of this county, 74 to 76% of this county is uh, public land, and then 20, about 20%, 22%, somewhere in there, let's say 22% of the private land is locked up in perpetuity and conservation that don't have learning provision. In other words, no flexibility. And they're in perpetuity. So that's a huge issue for anybody running. Right. And, and, uh, um, and, those, those, and of course, you always have your fundamental ones that everybody, you know, we need strong education. We have great hospitals, the medical care. I mean, strong military. I'll tell you, Pueblo, I don't know if it's still true, but at the time I represented, proportion of its population, Pueblo had more uh, recipients of the Medal of Honor proportion of the population than any other city in the country. Wow. And Pueblo is a big pro military community. And uh, um, and I love Pueblo. Pueblo is great. I think it's. I, I think it's. Uh, I loved it. I had second home there. Um, so there's lots. There's no shortage of issues in any congressional district, obviously. But when you look here, these public lands today. That's why this district is different than any of the other districts, although it's very similar as far as agriculture is concerned with the other rural part of the state, and that would be the eastern side of the district. Right. Very interesting in Colorado. If you want to do something, and I don't know exactly what it used to be, 35 miles. I don't know what it is today, but it's got to be close to that. You put a you put a dot, a pin, on the state capitol, attach a little tiny string to it, and draw a circle around the state capitol. That used to be a circumference of 35 miles or so. And in that circle, you, you'll find the governor, the lieutenant governor, president of the Senate, the speaker of the House, um, so the speaker now, I think, maybe is out of Pueblo. But when I was there, and it's pretty much the same, all of the, almost all the chairmen of the committees, all the uh, Supreme Court, almost all the heads of the different cabinet positions, almost all the heads of the executive departments, uh, uh, both of the uh, uh, U.S. senators at the time, now it's back to that again, uh, both of the U.S. senators. Um, and when I was in office, um, six of the seven five of the six, anyway, uh, no, five of the seven, I think, uh, congressional people were all, they're all from within that circle. Hmm, yeah. You take a look at that. I mean, and that represents less than 1% of the state of Colorado. That's where that population, it's kind of like California. Los Angeles and San Francisco, uh, I mean, rule the rest of the state. And that's what happens here. So you have the real powers in Denver, but they, they don't say they don't have the consequences and the benefits of the, they have the benefits of the public lands because they can come over here. But they don't understand at all what public lands are about. Maybe when you talk about public lands, you go to the we used to have to deal with this all the time in Congress. You talk to somebody about in Nebraska or Virginia about public lands, they think you're talking about the courthouse. Hmm. I mean, so it's a huge, huge issue over here and it takes somebody that has the ability to stand up and, and, and be noticed and stand up and be strong. And you had that with Salazar. And now, Salazar and Campbell were 
you know, we all have our different approaches. Tipton, um, and you haven't brought Tipton's name up, but uh, uh, Scott was fantastic too. And all three of those people right there, and frankly, it's going to be the same with Lauren. Um, that, that issue will become the issue that really will drive your years of service as a, as a congressman from the third, well, from whatever district Western Colorado ends up in. Right. Yeah, thank you. So uh, just a couple more questions. Uh, so I know that uh, the, the Jordan Cove pipeline is now a salient issue, uh, especially, especially in Mesa County. But I was wondering, uh, you know, what role do you think renewable energy has in Western Colorado's economy and, and, and energy grid? Well, I mean, renewable energy has a major role in all the energy. Right? It doesn't matter for Western Colorado. I, I mean, the more we can get out of wind and sun, the better off we are. But we have to be realistic about it. You can't shut down the oil and gas like they're attempting to do, and Texas is a good example of that. Now, there were multiple factors that dealt with the Texas uh, energy problem, but yeah, well, there's nothing wrong with renewable uh, energy. It's just it's got to be able to supply it. You know, everybody's for renewable energy or new energy sources, and that's as long as it, that they fully expect that it's a uh, turnkey, that you can turn the key and the next day their house is at 70 degrees in the winter like they like it. And it's not going to go off. So it's going to be a combination for a long time of the different areas of energy and the new inventions in energy. So, I mean, that's kind of a motherhood and apple pie. Who's against renewable energy? It's kind of like who's against education? I haven't <laughs> found anybody yet. And I haven't found anybody that's against renewable energy. Right. Right, right, right. I think it's a great idea. So I'm all, I mean, I don't think it's an issue. Okay. I just I don't know how to. I, I mean, that's such. There's just. It's, I I take it you don't have another statewide bid in you, Congressman. I never say never to anything. I got fighting me till the day they call me out of here. I guess, but I like a good fight. <laughs> and uh, so I still have. But look, I uh, I just I wouldn't speculate now as to who's going to be the best candidate. But somebody will emerge, and uh, and it's usually a surprise. I can think way back when, when you know, all of a sudden you get uh, Campbell and Pete Lamb, I think it was Peggy Lamb, and John Lamont, a different history that you weren't even born for yet, <laughs> but kind of candidates that popped up in just a few weeks before the election and won, overwhelmingly, so you just have to see. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. from Ben Campbell's office 
who were no longer working for me, they went with Campbell, came to our office and said, how can we help you? We're happy to go over some of the constituent cases we were working with. The election's over, because Ben was a Democrat at the time. The right. election's over, but how can we help you to serve the 3rd District? And, uh, um, uh, you know, and I made darn sure when I left office with Salazar that our people went over to Salazar's office and said, and we know we won't be working for you, but let us brief you anything we can do to cooperate with you. That did not happen with Warren Bulger. Right. Zero. From, from, the, from the senators or from... Nobody. I mean, the senators, and, and at that time, so... Um, it was Gardner. Uh, and the other, and I think even Diane and DeGette's office called up. And uh, I liked Diana DeGette. I didn't vote with her very often. Um, but I did like her and... I mean, people like Diana's office called up, and, and at that time, well, maybe Diana wasn't in office at the time, I'm trying to think. Maybe it was um, Schroeder's office. I think it was Schroeder's office. But anyway. Oh, Pat Schroeder. The office, <laughs> yeah, Pat Schroeder. I think uh, Democrat, Republican, the Colorado delegation office, to the, to the one, all called my office and said, hey, let us know how we can help you. Welcome welcome to Washington, and we, are, we do have delegation meetings, and we, you know, where we can agree. Uh, benefits the state, <clears throat> we can make a strong team. Um, that's not what's happened now. Right. Yeah. It's too, way more partisan than when I was there. And it has to be partisan, partisan but by design. But it's a completely, I, I think that, uh, I mean, I, I'll tell you this, I never imagined the day that I would see what happened at the U.S. Capitol, nor did I imagine the day I'd see what would happen at our state capitol. Nor did I imagine I'd see what was happening across this nation this last year. Mm, yeah. Good. I mean, it really saddened me. It saddened me a lot. And there's lots of folks to blame for that, um, including politicians that, uh, anyway, I won't even go into it. But, um, yeah. I just, it's for somebody that dedicated a big part of their life, and I'm sure Ben and Ken, John will say the same thing. And, uh, and, and, uh, John's brother, Ken, he didn't serve third, but he was a U.S. senator. I think all of them would look at this last year and say, man, it wasn't like that when I was there, and it's a really sad turn of events. Right, yeah. And I couldn't fan them. I couldn't fan them, what they did to our state capitol. Oh, and, and then the... on top of it, we have our U.S. capitol. People forget what happened to our state capitol, and I'm not sure anybody was even charged. Even I don't think they charged anybody for what they did at the state capitol. And uh, obviously they are at the U.S. Capitol, and they should have charged people at the state Capitol. Yeah. They're wrong. Not, your generation, man, we got some big challenges ahead of you. <laughs> you're an optimist, but you got some big challenges. And in the meantime, mark my word, if your generation is not careful, you're going to have a war with China. Oh. It sounds like just an old man crazy or something like that. But... Uh, I mean, I don't disagree, Congressman. generation not to take the eye off the ball of what's going on off our borders. While we're fighting in here, there are China and Russia and Iran doing naval, joint naval exercises, and they're greatly enjoying oh, the yeah. harmony that's happening in the, inside this country. Uh, I couldn't agree more, Congressman. It's a worrisome thing. Anyway, I've enjoyed the time with you, and uh, good luck with your future. Yeah, thank you very much, Congressman. I hope uh, if I ever need comment, I can just call your office again. Oh, sure you can, and give my warm regards to uh, Senator, uh, to Ben, and to uh, John. Tell them I said hi. They're good people.
Absolutely, I will. Thank you very much, Congressman McGinnis. Have a nice day. All right, bye-bye.